What's up? Hope you guys are having a great day today and welcome back for another episode of the Matthew Spaziti program. Guys, today I am pumped. I'm just, I'm really great. Uh, just happy to get started with the week and just really just super excited. But guys, there is a topic that I wanted to talk with you guys about. And, and, and you know, this topic is, it, it's, it's, con- it's a little controversial. You know, it's going to delve a little bit into politics and a little less on economics and entrepreneurship and it definitely more, well, I, I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll say it has a little bit of economics to it, sure. But it's it's a really great episode, and this term "defund the police" is being thrown out all over the place. It was a couple weeks ago that you know some a city some cities are going to try to defund their police, and really they're not going to defund the police. What they're really talking about is they're just going to fund them less. They're going to give them less money than what they were previously giving them, which is fine by me because quite frankly. You know, there is a massive amount of money that gets shoved into police departments, and that money disappears. Nobody knows what's happening with it. Now, I'm not trying to say that the police officers are taking it and spending it and things of that nature. Um, what I'm saying is that the, the administrators of the program, a lot of times when government programs exist, money gets thrown into these government programs, and these government programs are effect- effectively um, black holes. They're just no, you know, money just falls into one. No one knows where it's going. No one's tracking it. You know, you've got so many different departments and and programs that exist that no one. There's no way to truly track it all and keep track of everything. And in fact, the people that are in these departments love that because it just justifies more money. And uh, you know, in in a situation a lot like the military, I believe. I mean, if I believe the military is like this, I'm sure there's other government programs like, like this. But if they don't use up all the funding that they are given, then the funding gets reduced because it's like clearly you didn't need all the money we gave you this year, so we're going to actually reduce how much money you get. Well, so they are incentivized to use up every dime, even if it's for stupid, wasteful things. They're incentivized to use it up, all of it up even for stupid stuff. Now, I don't know if the police departments of every city are like that. They very well may veer, they very well may be. I don't know. But what I know, at least with the military, because I've got people, I've got military buddies, they're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, we would just shoot, you know, if we had extra rounds that were there, we would just finish off the rounds. Even though we're done with our shooting practice and everything, we'll just sh- use it all up. We need to use it all up because if we don't use up the budget, then they're going to reduce our budget. So in fact, they're even incentivized to spend over their budget so they get more money. Now, again, I don't know if the police departments are like this, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's something similar like that going on. Now, a lot of people complain that police departments are de- are underfunded and there's not enough police departments. Well, maybe that that is probably somewhat true, but I think it depends on the police department, right? I think it depends on it. And I think a lot, the bulk of the money that goes into police departments, I would say don't end up in the hands of the police officers. They don't end up in more 
police officer jobs. They don't end up in more police officer uh, pay increases that incentivizes better police officers. I mean, assuming that you pair the extra pay with, you know, other aspects. I mean, if you're just going to pay them more, that doesn't always incentivize better, you know, people to work more. I mean, you'd have to have, I guess, performance metrics or something of that nature. And I'm not entirely sure what exactly you would have, but guys, look, I mean, Hey, the bulk of the money that goes into, you know, police departments and stuff doesn't fall into the hands of the police department, the the actual police officers themselves, just like the bulk of the money that goes into our education system doesn't actually fall into the hands of the teachers. It goes into administration of the programs, the administration of the departments themselves, more so than it goes into the schools and the teachers. In fact, a small, small portion of the money goes into the schools and teachers. The bulk of the money does not go into schools and teachers. The bulk of the money goes into administration. And this is pretty much true for almost every single government program that exists. Welfare, the Affordable Care Act, whatever it is, the bulk of the money, the people who are receiving the money are only getting a paltry sum compared to the actual taxpayer dollars that are going into those programs. The administration of those programs is where the bulk of the money is. Just pretty much almost any program, which is why it's a black hole. So that being said, guys, this whole concept of defunding the police, though, and to end police brutality, you know, I wanted to give my my two cents on this, if you will. And, you know, look, I, I don't disagree with the idea of defunding police. If you were actually going to defund the police and you were going to end the police department and replace it with more of a community service oriented type of program where the officers are really there to keep the community safe and things of that nature and not really be appear as some paramilitary type of, uh, you know, style. I mean, look, the police department almost always comes across as if they're going to war. I mean, these guys are dressed in all black. They've got big, massive, like military styled boots. They've got weapons. They've got military weapons. A lot of times they do. I mean, stuff that they are able to purchase military weapons that the military no longer uses. It's really, really, really not a positive thing. So, and there's a lot, granted, look, you know, for those of you who want to know whether I support police officers and whether I don't, now look, I can't give a a straight answer to that because there isn't a straight answer, at least for me. I support good police officers, police officers who are community servants, police officers who are actually doing their job because they want to keep the community safe, they're fair, they're obviously not racist, things of that nature. I support police officers that are good police officers. I do not support bad police officers that are there because they have a power trip, because they want to abuse their power and use their power against other people. I don't support that. I don't think anybody would. Everybody, even police officers would say, no, that guy's a worthless police officer. He shouldn't be an officer, right? I don't support those. Who would? You can't say that every single police officer is bad because not all police officers are bad right? I believe in something that's called the 80-20 rule, okay? Where 20% of the, of the actual people in a job actually love their job. And 40% of the people, they're just doing it because it's a job and they don't really care. And then the other 40% are doing it for nefarious reasons. They're doing it to obtain power, to exert their power over others. And they just, they really shouldn't, they're, they shouldn't be in those positions at all. So only 20% of the people are really genuinely good people. 
Now, and again, this is an overgeneralized rule. When it comes to different cities, different police departments, it's going gonna, it's gonna to differ, right? But yes, I do agree with the idea of defunding the police. I mean, I think that ultimately when the city and when the local governments control the only use of force that is allowed, it really doesn't incentivize the police to do what is right for the community right? I mean, speeding tickets. I mean, I I don't care who you are. When you see a police officer, you get a little nervous because you're worried. Oh crap. Is he going to pull me over? Did I do something wrong? Is he going to give me a ticket? The tickets are really just revenue streams for the cities. That's all they are. They're revenue streams for the cities. That's why they're, that's why the cops are incentivized to give them out so much. Do they really keep the streets safe? I, I don't know. Let's, how about we stop giving tickets and see what happens? You know, maybe, maybe we try to come up with other solutions to try to keep people safe on the roads. I don't know, but I, I, I don't have the answers to everything. I'm just saying that I know that cops are incentivized. They have kind of like guidelines and quotas to hand out certain amount of tickets for the cities. And if you're not giving a lot of tickets out to the city, if you're a cop and you're really genuinely trying to do your job and you're trying to keep the community safe and you're not giving out tickets because you just don't feel like that should be the primary function of your job and you're like, well, I didn't really see anyone who was honestly um, disobeying the law that much. Everyone seemed like they were you know, behaving and ultimately keeping themselves safe. I just didn't feel it was necessary. Well, if you're not giving out a lot of tickets, guess what? Guess what happens in those kinds of situations? You get less and less hours. As a cop, you don't get as many hours as the cops who are giving out more and more tickets. The city comes back to you and says, hey, what's, dude, what, what's the deal? Your, your police officers aren't giving out tickets. Our revenue is going down. We need more money, right? So the city starts to put pressure on the police department and the police department starts to hire more people who are willing to give out tickets regardless of, of whether it's honestly keeping people safe or not. You know, they're willing to do all this type of thing. So I guess the main point that I'm trying to get to you is that, yes, your taxpayer dollars go into the police department, but a lot of that money doesn't go into actual police officers. And on top of all that, what money that does is given to the police officers, not by you, but by the government. And therefore, the police officers really aren't serving you. They're serving the government. They're serving the actual municipal government. They're not serving you. They have no incentive to serve you. They have every incentive to serve the government, however. And this is the problem that we get into. The incentive structure is simply not there for the police officers to do their jobs fairly, to do their jobs adequately. The incentive, yes, and again, there are, again, 80-20 rule, there are 20%. There are police officers that are out there who are doing their job and they're doing their job well. But again, look look at the economics of it all. Look at the incentive structure of it all, okay? The incentive structure is not for police officers to effectively serve the people because the people are not paying the police officers. Our money is going into doing that, but we're not the ones administrating the checks. The ones who are administrating the checks are the governments, the cities. They are the ones that the police officers serve, not the community. And there are a lot of really well-meaning, a lot of amazing police officers who genuinely just want to serve their community and keep everybody safe, right? 
you know, a lot of them may have gone into the military to try to keep their country safe and try to ultimately, you know, protect their country's freedoms and liberties. And that was the message that they were given, whether it was right or wrong, you know, is another story. But that's that's why they went into it. They're very patriotic individuals. Got a lot of friends, a lot of loved ones in my life who fall under that category. They went to war because they were told that they were protecting American lives and they were protecting American freedoms and they wanted to serve their country. And that's why they did it. Some of them, they did it because they just, they, they needed a job and they really had no, they really knew of no other way to earn as much money as they could if they went into the military. But they also were highly patriotic when they went into the whole thing as well. And the fact remains is that these people, when they come out of the military, they want to, again, serve their community. They want to keep people safe. They have this protector servant mindset. So that's why they go into it. So there are genuinely good police officers that are out there. Now, I can't just blanketly say I support all police officers because I don't. I don't support all of them. I support the good ones. I support the good ones. The ones who are fair, the ones who clearly are not racist, the ones who are good people that genuinely want to keep their their community safe. And there are a lot of police officers out there that are like that, but I can't blanketly say that I support them or I don't because it's not true. I can't easily just state that. What I can say is I do support the defunding of the police system and dismantling it the way that it stands today. Now, that does not mean that I disapprove of having security forces and having protection and having someone who's keeping our community safe. Okay? There's a lot of people out there that are like, oh, if you, you know, if you get rid of the police officers, you know, crime is just going to become rampant through the streets and it's just going to, you know, skyrocket. Well, for, for, slow down. Okay? If that's you, slow down. I'm not trying to say get rid of security teams. I'm not trying to say get rid of support in that nest in that way. I'm not trying to say that. What I'm trying to say is simply is simply this. And first and foremost, the poor people, minorities, they already don't get a lot of police help. You know what the response times are in those poor communities? They're high. And in some cases, in some countries, if you are really, really, really poor and crime is rampant, the police just won't even come to you. You're on your own. When it comes to America, thankfully, that isn't the case. But the police response times, there are some areas that they just they barely get any police help enough as it is. There's not enough police personnel to go around to help them for all the crime that is in their communities. But on top of that, the, the wait time is is astronomical. I mean, I'm sorry, but if it's a, you, you don't want a long wait time when you, when someone's breaking into your house or when someone is threatening you with a gun, you want the cops to be there like as quickly as they possibly can within a couple minutes, if that, and even, and even with that, you know, I mean, even within a couple of minutes, in all honesty, you know, you still need to protect yourself to some extent because, you know, they're not going to be able to be there instantaneously. It's not like they have teleportation devices. <laughs> but guys, I'm not trying to say take away the police forces and take away security. What I'm trying to say is when I think that we could dismantle the entire police system the way that it stands today, I think there are very genuinely good alternatives. So for the black community, let's talk about that because they think that all police officers are racist, right? 
They think that all police officers are racist. It's a it's a systematic racist institution that is meant to oppress them and keep them down. Okay, okay. Now I'm not going to argue whether or not they th- whether that is right or wrong. Okay, that's irrelevant. That's that the, not the point of of this podcast. The pod, point of this podcast is to say that if if that's what you believe, then you should want to privatize the police force. Why? Because first and foremost, it's not as expensive as you think it is. Do the math. It really isn't. I think one of my mentors did the math and he was saying that, oh, he took the amount of people that live in a community and he took the amount of money that was um, that was being paid into the police department because I believe it was a public number that he found. And ultimately, he divided it and he said that it was only like $36 a month, I think. Only like $36 a month or something around those lines. Maybe it was, I can't remember, it was $36 a month or $36 a day. I want to say it was like $36 a month. Um to hire a security force to come out and basically protect your local community, like your neighborhood. I mean, this could fall in under HOA fees, and it doesn't have to be expensive. It really doesn't. A lot of people think that it does. Look, guys, there are poor countries in the world that have free private education systems, free private school. Now, I don't know exact. I've never done a ton of research on to figure out how exactly it works, but there are people that have actually go out there to Africa and India, and there are legitimate, you know, free private schools that are out there for the poor. And these, the, so if they can figure out how to do that for free, you're telling me that, that there's no way whatsoever to have a private security force for, for even the poor communities in, in America? Which uh, the the poor people in America are a lot of a hell of a lot richer than the pe- the poor people that are in those countries. You're telling me there's no way to figure that out? Okay. If that is your opinion, then quite frankly, you have no imagination whatsoever. You're not even willing to try. You're not even willing to consider the option. And if you're not even willing to consider that as a genuine solution, then I don't know why you're whining, complaining about the problem because clearly you don't want to fix the problem. If you're wanting to genuinely fix the problem, you need to be open to all kinds of solutions, all solutions that are, whether it seems viable or not, be willing to consider it, be willing to look into into it, okay? When it comes to this, if, if, if the black community wants to rid themselves of police brutality and systematic racism, they need to privatize the police, for, the police and hire their own security force that is answerable directly to their community, only to them. Now they are paying their security force that is protecting their communities. They are paying them directly. So now there is an incentive structure that benefits them. This security team, this security force is only answerable to them and no one else. And you're trying to tell me that that's not plausible. You're trying to tell me that's not affordable. First and foremost, do the freaking math. Look into it. At least be willing to give it a shot to even consider the option. But I think that if everybody did this, not just the black community, mind you, if every minority did this, if every person, even white people did this, if everyone did this, then I think that we would have a better police system today. 
We could hire more military veterans. We would vet them. We would hire them. There would be tons of security system, security companies that are out there that you could pay and there would be, they would compete for your money. So if you freed up the competition, prices always drop, prices always fall. You know, quality of the service and the product that you get always rises. It is better this way. So much better. I believe that it would be made way better than the way than the system that we have today. Private time, defund the police. Yes, end police brutality. Yes, privatize the police and make them answerable to us and not some politician who lives in a million dollar house, not some politician who's part of the ruling class and knows nothing of the plight of the average day person. Make them answerable to us in our communities. And you will fix this problem. They will no longer, the police brutality, if there's a police that's brutal, a police officer that from a security firm that you hire to protect your community, again, it could go under your HOA fees or whatever, you know, okay, fine. Then get rid of them. Get rid of them. Maybe there might even be charitable situations where maybe churches or other people are willing to serve their poor communities by charitably paying for a security team for those poor communities to cut down on the crime. You know, guys, as long as crime exists, I know that we can't, you can't ever really get rid of crime, right? But as long as it exists, it does provide a sense of uncertainty and it does provide a lot of problems for the poor people to really get ahead and to really ultimately take control of their life. So a private security force could help a lot. And there are charitable organizations that I'm sure would be willing to take money. They're, they're not paying in taxes anymore for police officers in the city. Take that money not only pro and start providing it to other people. Now, granted, again, that security force would not be answerable to the actual community itself. It would be answerable to the charitable donation, the organization that is making those donations, right? Or that, that, that is paying the security force to protect the poor community. The only way to really have the incentive structure set up to where, you know, the actual security force is answerable to you and only you and you can get a say in whether you like them or not and whether you want to hire another one, when you whether you want to get a police officer fired, whatever, and you can tailor, you know, what you your needs and your desires. The only way to do that is to make them directly answerable to us. Now, I know that this system seems so far out of reality for most people it just it's nothing that we've ever grown up with we've never even seen that it's all been theory and conjecture i don't know if it's honestly ever, ever happened in the world i'm sure that it has but i mean i mean you know a long time ago when you had kings and queens it was the kings and queens who had their own private security they had their own military for crying out loud it worked really well for them the military was answerable to them and only them you know, and you had, what you had was that you, um, you had a diversified situation where there were also lords and dukes and, and all these type and earls. And you had these really, uh, high up aristocrats who were very rich and wealthy and they had their own private military, their own private police forces, their own, you know, private army. And it would protect their lands and it would protect everyone who lived on their lands. Again, these security forces, these the were not the the military was not answerable to the people they were answerable to the lords and if the lord was a a, a dick well you can understand how that might have been oppressive on the people right but if you make them answerable to us 
if you allow security companies to come up in the world and to start competing for people's stuff, we could, we wouldn't need the police anymore. The way that it sets up today, we could hire the best security teams with the best and the most experience, right? We would hire, we could hire, you know, ex-military veterans and we could employ them in a much, much better way. Not only would it promote better pay, better employment for these individuals, but it also would promote, again, the incentive structure being towards the people, being towards your local community. So if you want to get rid of police brutality, yes, defund the police. If you want to, but if you want to really fix it to where the police actually serve you and not some bureaucratic politician who is just serving on high on top of his hill or on top of their hills because a lot of times it's more than one politician, right? Um, if you want a situation where they're actually serving you, then you need to change the incentive structure. You're not paying them a wage. Your money is going to pay them a wage, but you're not giving them the check. You're not controlling how much money they get and how much money they don't get, right? So if you want to fix this, if you want them to be you know, answerable to you and only you, or, or at least your community, then you need them, then you need a privatized security force. Now, if you want to keep, you know, uh, city police officers, maybe instead of them being police officers, maybe we have city detectives, right? Maybe they're more detectives to help solve homicide cases and murder cases. Maybe that's all the city does. Maybe the city just deploys detectives to help solve murder cases and things of that nature to help catch the criminals, but in terms of security forces, that's handled by your local communities. So guys, if, if you are of the persuasion that the police are a part of a systematic form of racism and you want to end that, then make the police answerable to you. Get the police to be answerable to your communities. Start, you know... Get them to be answerable to you and start to hire security teams for your local communities, your local neighborhoods, maybe even your shopping centers, so that the incentive structure is set up to ultimately benefit you. And the incentive structure is set up to where they are only answerable to you and your community. Don't you think that would change things if that was really the case? Now, I know it, it sounds like a good idea when I describe it like that, but it's, it's much more difficult to, to actually envision how to do that. And, you know, I don't know how we would implement it. I mean, I'm not a fan of voting. I don't think that that's really much of a way to, to do stuff. I don't think vir virtually anything good comes out of voting. I don't think that you can change the system out of voting. I think that you got to become rich and wealthy, and then you got to pay the politicians to do certain things, and you get to control what the politicians do and don't do, and you become a rich, a rich and wealthy person and control the direction in which, you know, things going. That's how I think that you ultimately fix the system. And, and in fact, I actually did an episode on that earlier. But guys, this is this is economics. Incentive structures, right? Incentive structures matter about everything. Every single thing. So if you want to fix the system, become rich and wealthy so the, and, and influential so that you can move the system in the direction that you think it needs to move into.
And if you want to end police brutality and systematic racism, assuming that that's what you believe is going on, and I know that there's not a lot of people who see eye to eye on that subject, and we're not going to talk about the validity of whether it's right or wrong or whatever, but if that's how you believe, if that's what you believe, A, you, you shouldn't want to pay taxes into a system and fund a system that you believe is systematically racist. Okay, if that's what you truly believe, then why are you paying taxes to it? Why are you supporting it? Now, I'm not suggesting not to pay taxes because then you get yourself into all kinds of illegal trouble uh, with regards to the IRS and stuff like that. But, you know, um, but what I am saying is that maybe you should try and, you know, if you are if you're paying taxes into a system, maybe you should try to reduce your tax bill if you think that the system is truly racist against you. And then on top of that, if you think that that's the case, um, change it. Become rich, become wealthy, influence, and start moving the direction. Start getting, you know, rubbing shoulders with the politicians and start, you know, paying money into their campaign contributions. You want to know who the politicians really serve? You think they serve you because you go to the voting box? You think that? You think that's how it works? Or do you think they serve the people who give them massive campaign contributions? When you call them, do you think that they're going to bother to answer their phone? Maybe you you're lucky if you'll get a you know, maybe you'll get a secretary, maybe you'll get to contact them. But in most cases, no, you're never going to hear back from them. You'll get a auto an automated response from say a secretary of some kind. You're not going to get access. They're not going to pick up the phone. But if you were to give millions of dollars in donations to their campaign, they're going to pick up the phone because it's their livelihood. Those who control the money control the system. Those with the gold makes the rules, and that's the golden rule, right? Who has the gold makes the rules. It's true. If you control the money, you control. You have absolute control over it. If you control the money of, say, someone's life, then you have control over their life. You can force them to do virtually anything. As long as they don't have another option to go with, if you are the only sole provider of their livelihood, you actually have the primary control over their life. It's a lot of power. It's kind of scary to be to, to be frank, but you know, politicians thrive off of government, off of uh, political campaign contributions. If you are a voter, you have no power. You don't, and what power you think you have is an illusion and doesn't actually exist. The only way to have actual influence is to become wealthy and then to change the incentive structure. So if you want to move things towards this private policing force, if that seems like something that you're interested in and you like that idea, become wealthy so that you can start to matter. And and I'm not trying to say that you don't matter if you're not wealthy, but unfortunately in the real world, the way that it actually works, and I'm not saying I agree with it, but the way that it works is those who have money are the ones who are paid attention to. Those who have money are the ones who are powerful. Those who have money are the ones who matter. Everybody else, unfortunately, doesn't. And I'm not trying to say I like that or I agree with that, but that is the way that I see the world. That's what I believe. You may disagree with me on that, and if that's fine, okay, whatever. You don't have to agree with me, but seriously, ask yourself the question, have you ever felt that voting really ever changed anything? If you are one who votes, did you ever feel like it actually did anything for you? I never did. I voted all my life. I mean, I voted for Republicans. 
virtually all my life. And I was always taught that even if you didn't like the candidate, you should just vote because you're exercising your freedom. Because there are many countries where you don't get a chance to vote. And I just don't agree with that anymore. So I don't vote anymore. This this upcoming election will be the first time that I never vote or that I won't vote. I, I just, I don't like any of the politicians. And even if I did, I still wouldn't vote because I don't feel like it matters anymore. I feel like the way that I see the world now is those who have money are actually the ones who can push the system in the direction they want it to go. Those who have money can actually influence the system and and ultimately have real effect and real change. Those who don't have to vote. And those who vote have no power, have no influence, and nobody serves. That's not the narrative that we've been taught since day one of our lives in living in America. We were always taught to vote. It was a patriotic thing to do. But I'm sorry, that is the case. That is the reality. That's just it. You don't like it? Sorry. That's the way the world is. But if you want to end police brutality, if you want to change the incentive structure so the police actually serve you and your community so that you can choose who who you hire, who you don't hire, and you can actually choose and have a lot more say and control, privatize the police. Defund them and then privatize them. Restructure the way that it works. Get them to serve you, and then you will have the power. Then they will have an incentive structure. There you go. That's the solution. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's what you got to do. All right, guys. Hey, that's going to be it for this episode. Um, I, I don't really think there's much more I can say uh, other than just constantly repeating myself over and over again. That's my opinion on the subject. That's what I think you should do. And yeah, call me crazy if you don't like the opinion. Well, okay, come up with a better solution then if you don't like that solution. But hey, at least I offered a solution and that's better than most of you guys out there who want to whine and complain and ultimately just whine about the situation, but then don't offer any kind of solutions. At least I offered one. And if you're genuinely interested in fixing the problems, you should at least consider it. It's viable. It's doable. I think it is. And I don't know 100%. I don't know what the, I don't have a crystal ball. Maybe it would be a worse situation than we have today, but I don't think it would be. I think it would be better. Otherwise, I wouldn't have advised. Otherwise, I wouldn't have suggested it. So guys, if you really believe in systematic racism, then get out there, become wealthy, and start pushing things towards a more privatized police force to where your community controls the, the security force. Your community has control, has influence. They can change it because they're directly answerable to them. Make, the, make them directly answerable to you. Provide them the money. Problem solved right there. You can fix it. You don't like it? Fire them. Threaten to take their money away. And then bring in someone who's better. Bring in another security force who's better. Guys, that is, I think, how you would fix this problem. So yeah, defund the police. Let's restructure how the policing system works. I think it would benefit for everyone. I think it would not only benefit the 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 best of the best in terms of police officers and, and veterans. I think that we could provide more jobs to veterans, more higher pay for veterans and police officers. I think it, and we could also provide a better security system for the local commute, for our local communities, both rich and poor. And I think it's possible and I think it's doable. 
Don't believe someone when they tell you that it's not affordable and the poor people will go without a police force. Guess what? The poor people already do go without much of a police force. Okay? They already do. So, you know, we need a better solution. And that's my solution. All right, guys. Well, hey. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel. If you're on iTunes, make sure to leave me a, lady, a rating and review. And also, if you want to if hear more of this message, if you like this message, if you think this message was valuable, then please get out there and share it. Get out there and spread it around. Get people to listen. Help me get them to listen. And just guys, seriously, if you like this, Help me spread this message of financial empowerment, right? Your life is in your control. You are the master of your fate. You are the captain of your soul. Get out there. If you don't like the way your life is set up right now, make better choices. Change your life. It is your destiny. You have the power to do it. It all comes with choice. Change the way you think. Change your choices. Change your life. That is a powerful message because it means that our futures are controlled by us, not by some random external factor, not by some disaster that occurs. No, we don't have to react to life. We get to control life. And sure, there are things that happen that we have to, you know, react to, but we can control our reactions and that can control the outcome of those situations. We control our life. That is a powerful, powerful message. And if you love it, and if you like it like I do and you can't get enough of it, then share the show. Get out there. Speak the message. Share it. Spread these shows out on social media. Let's change the way people think. Let's get people thinking in the way of personal empowerment. And not being victims and not feeling like they can't have any power and control of their own lives. Let's change that. So if you like it, share it. Also, before we go, I want to give a shout out to a couple of my affiliate programs I've got going on here. Guys, if you are interested in learning how to trade, I recommend that you go to Tier 1 Trading. I've talked about Tier 1 Trading a lot of times. If this is the first time you're listening, Tier 1 Trading is one of the most premier trading firms in America today. Guys, my personal opinion, but guys, they are amazing. They will teach you how to trade. They will teach you the basics. They will teach you the advanced knowledge that you need to know. They will teach you technical analysis. They will teach you how to manage your risk, how to come up with trading plans, how to backtest those trading plans. They will teach you and show you all kinds of patterns that exist in the markets that, are, that have existed for a long, long time and how you can recognize them and craft trading strategies around them. They will show you and teach you how to become a consistently profitable trader. They are absolutely amazing. Guys, I learned from them. They're amazing. I've learned from Akil Stokes, Jason Greystone, and Charles. Guys, these guys are amazing. You're not going to go wrong. And trust me, you don't want to blow thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on trading course after trading course, only realizing that it was really crap all in the end. Because look, we've all done that, right? We've all spent money on courses that weren't good. And maybe they weren't necessarily trading courses, but we've all done that. Look, trading tier one trading is not going to be that way. Trust me. You're not going to be wasting your money. All right? They are going to teach you how to become a consistently profitable trader. And if you become a trader, you control your own life. You now have control over 
you are now have control over the source of your income. You can make money by going in in the markets. You can automate your systems. And then you can even charge people money to rent your system out, to even lease it out, to have signal services, whatever you want to do. You can make a ton of money this way, guys. Okay? Go check them out. Tier 1 Trading. They're awesome. They're amazing. You will not be disappointed. If you're interested in that, they're the best place to go. Guys, also, check out Skillshare. Skillshare.com, guys. They're absolutely amazing. If you want to learn a new skill, you need to be making yourself as valuable as possible. You need to be making yourself very valuable, and you need to be teaching yourself new skills all the time. Never be satisfied with your knowledge. Always expand your knowledge. Always be willing to learn more and more and more. You know, guys, if you're want, like me and you're going down this path of financial freedom, controlling the source of your income, then you need to take that by the horns and you need to learn new skills because you're going to need them. You're going to need them. You're going to need to know how to market. You're going to need to know how to create the uh, you know sales funnels. You're going to need to know the skill that you're wanting to teach people in the first place. If you don't have a skill, you know you're going to need to learn a lot of stuff, guys. Tier one trading is it has a wealth of knowledge and it's dirt cheap. It's like hundred dollars for an entire year. I think ninety nine dollars for the whole year. That's what I pay. It's absolutely amazing. I, I use them all the time. Right now, I'm using them for YouTube ads. They've got all kinds of stuff from email copywriting, web design, how to drive, how to fly a drone, uh, you know, nor, just normal copywriting, how to do YouTube and be a successful YouTuber. And they've got all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's even stuff on email marketing and also, uh, you know, just social media stuff in general. You can look up social, how to grow your business with social media. There's tons of stuff out there literally tons. So guys, go check them out. Never be satisfied with your knowledge. Always learn more. Always expand your mind. Go to Skillshare. I guarantee you'll find something there that you love. I find tons of stuff there that I love. So go there, guys. It's dirt cheap. I think they're giving a one month free uh, if you if you subscribe for a whole year. So hey, go check them out. See what kind of deals they got going on. I'm pretty sure that's the deal, but it's always changing. So go check them out, guys. And if you'll do that, I'll see you guys in the next episode. As always, know the risks, plan accordingly, and have a great day.